So, Jeff, how was your day two oh, of the Arena Open? My day two of the Arena Open was great. Yeah? Yeah, it actually couldn't have gone better. What'd you do? Well, uh, I played some guitar, mm-hmm. you know. I just jammed some 12-bar blues, and Ooh. I taught my wife how to do that on the ukulele Oh, in the key of C. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I watched some Legends of Runeterra. had a big tournament on... Oh, really? Yeah. Very interesting. So I checked that out. Cool. Um, I played cool. that game here and there. So yeah, yeah. I know how it, was, it works, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of fun to see, you know, what the top level looks like mm-hmm. and what the coverage is like. Yeah. Um, yeah, just had a great day. How was your mm-hmm. day two of the Arena Open? Yeah, my day two of the Arena Open went very well. I got to sleep in, which was yeah. really great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then I just kind of got up, had some coffee. I actually got to get together and play some paper magic over the computer. I used Spell Table for the first time, Great. and I was playing yeah. uh, Commander Legends, wow. which was really cool. We did a sealed pool. I didn't win any games, but I had a lot of fun with that. Um, and then watched a little football in the evening and, you know, it was just a good day. That really sounds nice. great. Yeah. 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 It's, it's lucky our day ones went well enough. For yeah. Us to, we, yeah. our day ones went so well. We had a, just an amazing day two. Yeah. Just the best. Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Arena Regulars episode 10. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we are regulars on MTG Arena. Yep. Um, we're just regular guys, regular people, regular folk, regular dudes <laughs> who regularly show up. And to their regular old bar. And talk about our regular old game we've played forever. Yeah, yeah that's and, uh, true. Yeah, it really feels like I've played it forever. I've tried to quit this game many times, and yeah, I have not work. been successful. It's not possible, actually. Nope. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we have a great show for you today. Um, we're going to talk about last weekend's Arena Open, and then we have some, like, gruel historic decks for you. Yeah. Um, specific, I mean, they're not really Christmas. That's what I was going to say. I kind of paused because I was going to say Christmas decks, but right. they're not really Christmas decks. It's just red decks. and green. It's just red and green. Yep. Uh, and that's what we're doing it. But before we get into that, each week we both bring a beer, we drink our own, then we drink each other's, then we rate them on a scale of bronze to mythic and choose the best for last. So with that, Jeff, what's on tap? So when we were, so we're doing this daily challenge where mm-hmm. every day we answer a question. An Instagram challenge. Yeah. Right, where every day we answer a question about, you know, our favorite uh, color, our favorite, you know, creature type. Yeah, in magic. They're all magic related. Right, right. Color and Not just color in general. Orange. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Clearly the the best color. Yeah, and the one that came up a few days ago was favorite beer style. Mm -hmm. So when I was thinking about this, I realized my favorite beer style is Russian Imperial Stout, and I put that down. But then I realized I haven't actually done one of those on the show. And yeah. I brought a Russian Imperial Stout. So today I brought a Russian Imperial Stout. Mm, it's which by one? Wellington Brewery. Okay. And you're going to really appreciate this because it's called Russian Imperial Stout. Oh, yes. Yeah. Classic. Classic Zach. Exactly. Beer. <laughs> Pull a page out of your book and yeah. bring a beer that's just called <laughs> what it is. What it is. Uh, it's 8%. The can is just kind of a red can and it has Wellington Brewery has like a boot as its logo and that's on all their cans. And uh, yeah, what did you bring? Uh, I brought in in lieu of our in quotations Christmas mm-hmm. episode, not episode, Christmas, whatever. I brought a, a beer called uh, Tree Topper. So it's from the New Ontario Brewery, and it's a red ale. It's five point two percent. There's a picture of a campfire in it. It's pretty pretty good. Nice. Uh, it will go nicely on top of your tree. Yeah. Yeah. Just a beer stein. Now, is a red ale the same thing as an amber? See, I don't know. <laughs> we were talking, maybe that's what we should that have been That should have been the intro, yeah. <laughs> we don't know. I don't know. Not really, but kind of. Anyway, it's a red ale, not an amber. But it could be also an amber. Who knows? Who could ever be sure? 
Yeah, it's impossible to. Know. I don't really know. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> we should get onto the magic news because there is a lot. There's a lot of magic that happened news, this yeah. last week. Holy moly! A lot first of, of it all, kind of came out of left field. I know, like very quickly. Anyway, um, first before we get into that, actually, <laughs> we have some uh, podcast news. Uh, we will not be having an episode next week because of the holidays. Yeah. Um, so just, you know, spend time with your family or Zoom with your family or whatever you're doing mm-hmm. uh, and don't listen to us or listen to old episodes. Actually, yeah, that's yeah. what you should that's do. That's what you should do. Listen to old episodes that you haven't listened to yet. Uh, but we will be back uh, the week after Christmas. You could so. also spend the whole time crafting the perfect Apple podcast review. That's true. Yes. Yeah. You should actually write a review for us. Um, <laughs> just a holiday inspired drunken, actually drunken. We, we advocate <laughs> yeah, drunken reviews. <laughs> yeah. Please do that. Yeah. Uh, at the end of Christmas, when you're nice and liquored up, go and <laughs> review us on Apple podcast. That sounds great. Um, so coming up this Friday, FNM is Historic Popper. It's Popper and Historic. Hooray. And then Christmas, actually, there's an FNM that is Standard Singleton Treasure, which seems kind of interesting. Hmm. So you make a Standard Singleton deck, and then each turn you get a treasure token. Um, so things go faster. Also, I guess Christmas, so gifts. It's like Hearthstone style. Yeah, like Hearthstone, but you also turn. get a land. Yeah. So you get basically twice as much. Mm. That's pretty nice. Okay, there was also a shakeup with the Rivals League. This was yeah. one of the ones that I just wasn't expecting at this all. This was nuts. Yeah, but unfortunately, Jessica Estefan and Emma Handy will no longer be members in the Rivals League. Yes, uh, for for two big reasons. There and it's it's right. not they did not get kicked out. There was no like shenanigans. No, no disqualification um, or anything like that. Uh, Jessica Estefan has recently moved to the United States mm-hmm. to be with her partner. Um, and she's in the period of time where she cannot work legally in the States. Um, being a person that has done that before, I have sympathy for you. It can be a hard time, but at least you're with your partner, um, and you will find, um, good in other things. Jessica, if you're listening. Um, but it's great. Uh, we hope to, well, it's great for you to be there, but we are going to miss you a lot. Yeah. Um, and then Emma Handy, she actually got a job at Wizards of the Coast in play design. Right. So if you are have a hand in making the cards, you're not allowed to be in the one of the pro players. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, you're like it's just mm. a conflict of interest in the old card design. Yeah, kind of kind of screws that up. So um, so they will both be gone. Um, we are both sad because we have picked both of them on yeah. different teams yeah. that we've played for fantasy. So exactly, I picked Emma last time, so. and I picked Jessica in my first um, team. So we will miss both of you, um, but hopefully, Jessica, you will be back in the future. Yeah. Um, but how it's going to work is that they're not actually going to be replaced this season. Um, so we're just going to have, what, 46 uh, Rivals players instead? Mm-hmm. Um, and their match wins and losses, mainly their losses. Or No, no. Yeah, mainly their losses against yeah. people. No, I guess both. Both are wins and losses, yeah. Well, both count, but the, the thing you would be wondering about is, will players who beat them still get the point? Right? Yes, and they will not. Right. Um, all of their matches will be voided. Um, because they did not get to play every single player in the Rivals League. So some players that won or lost will be at an advantage or disadvantage, uh, depending on yeah, uh, exactly. how that goes. Um, but yeah, in, you're right in the sense that the loss is void as well, in that everyone's going to play the same number of games. In exactly. Game. So everyone's yeah. going to play the same number of games. If you, dis- if you discount that game they played against MO or exactly. Jessica. Uh, so it might, the, the numbers might look strange for a little bit, but then they'll get all worked out in the end. Right. Um, we also have some, there's going to be a standard shakeup December 19th to the 25th, and then a historic shakeup December 26th to the January 1st. It's basically where they take that format and ban a bunch of powerful cards to see what people could build without them. 
Yeah, um, in addition to the usual band cards. Yeah, in, in addition to the usual ones. So mm -hmm. um, these are just events that you can play in and see. It's just like a fun experiment. Did you play the, any of them last time? Or? I have not done it. Yeah, um, I didn't play them either. But uh, seems interesting. If you want, if you're looking for a building challenge, right? Um, go for it. Um, I'm not looking for that because I have a hard enough time building decks without that restriction. Well, I so. was gonna say like. You know, I already have a bunch of decks that probably will meet their restriction because okay. they're built around bad cards <laughs> <laughs> that I've been playing on the ladder anyway. So, so then you're just like, hey, yeah. suckers. I actually have this good deck. Like, nope, this deck still sucks. Oh, uh, never mind. Yeah. Um, also, all this stuff's happening. Kaldheim previews didn't start, but we're in the middle of the, the week of pre, metal. Pre-preview? It's like a pre-preview week. Yeah. They're calling it the week of metal, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, they announced it on Monday, um, and we're recording this on Tuesday, so we are at the beginning of it. You'll know more about it yeah. once you hear this. But You know uh, more than we do. You know more than we do, <laughs> uh, but it's kind of cool because they actually are having a lot of actual metal bands um, preview magic cards, yeah, which is pretty sweet. And I actually started listening to a couple of them because of it. So that is cool. I hope they do more of this. And the alternate art style is going to be these metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it seems like kind of like so. metal album. Yeah, exactly. Which is really awesome. I am pretty pretty stoked for that. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, that so that's the news. Well, and they told us a bit more about the set too. Like we met two new planeswalkers. Oh yes. That and they confirmed that Kaya and Tybalt are in the set. Yeah, so we're gonna have four planeswalkers. We have Kaya and Tybalt, which we had, uh, which we will talk we about. Will, yeah, <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, and then um, uh, two new planeswalkers. Um, we they have little breakdowns about them, but I usually right. don't read those. Mm -hmm. The only one I thought was interesting was there is uh, our first non-binary planeswalker. Yeah. Um, which is pretty sweet. The cool thing about the other planeswalker is he's an elf. Yes. Which means that elves is a tribe in Kaldheim. That is very true. Yeah. That I didn't think about that as like <laughs> tribe centric. Um, I was just like, oh, cool, an elf. Yeah, I read a, like a bit of his story blurb. Okay. Um, and yeah, I guess there's shadow elves and forest elves on Kaldheim. Okay. Or wood elves or something. Wood so elves. The green ones and the black ones. I think I saw somebody draw a comparison between wood elves, the card, and him. Yeah. How jacked they are in that right. picture. Yeah. And he's pretty jacked. And it has. Uh, just lots of nipple in the picture. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. like, okay, here we go. It's the new art direction for Magic yeah. Planeswalkers. With Fantastic. Oko too was sitting Oko there just like, lots of like nipple. It started with like uh, Jace cutting sexy Jace. Yeah. yeah, sexy Jace. Which going back isn't as sexy as I remember. No, because they really turned the dial up on that. Recently. I know. I was like, oh, I remembered him having like a, a kind of torn shirt and his chest bare. No, yeah. he's just wearing, he's just like, on a ship. I was like, this is not the sexy Jace I remember. Yeah. I'm pretty disappointed. So It's like the equivalent of the when the females have like breastplate bras. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what they don't need to protect themselves just because they're women. Yeah. yeah. They're just like better fighters, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Uh whatever. Um, but we get some well we I was kind of sad because none of the planeswalkers have like big Viking beards. I thought yeah. one of them was gonna be like a big, large, like hairy chested beardy no the the one from kaldheim is an elf right it yeah doesn't have that uh, look he's like very um smooth i'm excited you know they could bring some elves into his historic maybe make that a a better deck yeah i mean i, I like elves i already like elves already so um yeah well, looking forward to kaldheim yeah it'll be pretty sweet i'm excited more uh previews are going to be january 7th um, I'm also trying not to know as much about the story as possible because we're going to have yeah. a future episode, which we will tell you about 
in the future. Oh, that's true. I shouldn't have read about the elves. Yeah, see, we, we won't tell you about it right now, but um, there's going to be something interesting with us. I already know too much. Yeah, you know too much already. Um, but Jeff, I mean, our Arena Week, we're basically going to talk about it, so let's just jump into the Arena Open. How about sure, that? yeah. Um, how was your Arena Open? Well, <laughs> uh, not good, Zach. Not good? Not good. Interesting, okay. Uh, so coming into the event, as we advised, mm-hmm. You should set a limit on how many times you're going to enter because you could, in theory, enter indefinitely. Yes. And it's 4,000 gems or 20,000 golds mm-hmm. each time, and that adds up quickly if you... It sure does. If you're as you know, it's good like, at going 03 as I am. Yeah, it's but, like 20 bucks, kind of, right? Like if That's that's the way to think about it. Yeah. yeah. It's around there. Like 1,000 golds about a dollar. Yeah. It's pretty close to that. So it's about it's about $20 to yeah. um, play, but... Each time. So it can get expensive if you mm. kind of... And it can get addicting to, oh, just one more try. Oh, I just got it. I almost had it. Yeah. So how, so, many, how many times did you get suckered into play? Yeah. <laughs> I had the golden gems saved up to do three. Okay. And I decided, do I want to... Like, am I willing to spend that all to have, you know, a good mm-hmm. weekend? I decided, sure, I'll, I'll do three. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will not buy more gems. Yes. So I did three. <laughs> Uh, because, you know, spoiler alert, I did not get in on the first draft. I uh, didn't get in at all. I, in the yeah. first run, I did best of one, which is what we were talking about. Yeah. Uh, and I used my band control list that I take full credit for uh, concocting. Mm-hmm. We both played it. Uh, I did not do well. I think something like three and three. I don't remember the exact record, but I wasn't, I would be surprised if I was four and three. Like, I don't think I was above 50%. Yeah. And just a reminder, if you get three losses, you're out, and you're trying to get to seven wins. So you're trying mm-hmm. to go seven and two, or better, seven mm-hmm. to one, seven, oh. I just ran into a lot of combo, like a lot yeah. of just decks that will kill you on turn three or four if they have the draw, mm-hmm. and if you don't have a sensor. Basically, I needed to have sensor to interact, Yeah. because uh, I was, you know, if I'm on the draw and they're going to kill you by turn three-ish, mm-hmm. you just need sensor. I didn't have the sensors, and they had the kills. That just happened to me three, four, three different times, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then I tried with Autumn's Goblins list, because mm-hmm. I realized, well, best of one seems like an aggressive combo format. I think I did about the same. This one, I think I did do four and three, so I came out a little ahead on winning. Okay. Um, but, again, got comboed up out a couple of times, and one game I played against this white nine lives prison, prison log deck, deck yeah. that I just... Goblins That's just immediately really a loss, yeah. <laughs> uh, so then I was all fed up with best of one, took my band control list into best of three, and I went 0-1. <laughs> uh, played against, really good match actually, against yeah. Rakdos Arcanist, which I think is a really positive matchup for me, but I uh, just didn't go my way. Yeah. How'd, uh, how'd your uh, tournament go? Oh, you know, um, <laughs> well... I decided to play your band control list. Big mistake. Uh, and best of one. Um, I don't usually play control, so um, not necessarily my strong suit, but mm-hmm. I did like the deck. I played it a little bit, and I was feeling really good about it. Um, and then won my first match. Felt great. I just got to Wrath right into a, like a mono-white life gain deck that had mm-hmm. dumped their entire hand. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And I got to clean that up. That was real nice. And then I got hit with mono-red cleave. And mm-hmm. then uh, goblins, I was like, okay, not going 
going well. Yeah. I um, actually think Goblins is also a pretty good matchup. I thought it was going to be two, and I ended up just not getting the... I just could just not draw. Up, yeah. I could not draw a ref to save my life. Uh, literally to save my life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I did play a really great match against um, Combo. Mm-hmm. against Matt Ness, specifically, which wow. was super cool. Yeah. I mean, probably the best combo player in the world. Yes. Um, and luckily, he didn't have it right off the bat. It took him a little while to get into it. Mm-hmm. And I was looking pretty good. And I was like, I had a good turn, and I was like poised to kind of win the next, if I got another turn. Right. Of course, he didn't give me another turn. He knew that. Yeah, and I, I, you, I probably... Teferi's sitting there on eight loyalty. Yeah. He knows he can't let you untap. Um, so I, I had made a couple misplays, I think, um, and I wasn't exactly sure what he needed for the combo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I just... Uh, That's hard, because... I deck... thought Embry was a little bit more important, and it ended up him drawing... Uh, he, with the Tamiyo, he drew... Um, Paradox Engine, and that was the card that was more important, and I didn't have anything to stop like that. Like, he so. searched for it with Tamiya's yes. plus, or he took it from the graveyard? He he searched for it. Okay. Um, well, he got super lucky then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> so it didn't... Uh, something like that. So anyway, it was... Um, it was good. I, I let I well I let him. I made him go through the whole combo. Nice, yeah. uh, but I also just wanted to see what it was. Uh, he, if you don't get that good at combo without enjoying actually combo. Oh, absolutely. Out, so and there's sure a lot he... of different things that go on in that where you have to use Karn to wish for some stuff, yeah. to get some things to bounce to your hand, to play it, to bounce Karn, to play Karn again, to wish something else. And I'm sure he appreciated that you let him do it. It was pretty cool. Um, and I went through the whole thing and he played Aether Flux and blasted me in the face for 50. So. Right. You're sitting there like, well, it's Matt Nass on a combo deck I'm doing gonna... things. I'm probably dead, but let's yeah. see it. <laughs> also, like, I wanted to relish that, like, yeah. loss. You know, if you're ever going to lose to somebody, I want it to be, like, a, yeah. a player like that. So that right. was pretty cool. A literally professional player who's exactly. known for playing this style of deck. So I was, uh, I can always just have that badge of honor a little bit on my, on my Actually, chest. Actually, interestingly enough, I've just been playing random decks in Historic to try to find what to play next weekend, because... Right. <clears throat> I have another tournament. You know, I was planning on using day two of the Arena Open to prepare for next, but, next uh, week, but yeah, that didn't happen. So now I just have to play on the ladder. And I was trying out this blue-black control deck. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, blue-black um, mill deck. Got it. That's, it's not rogues, mm-hmm. but it's uh, like Teferi's Tutelage, Teferi, and then a uh, bunch of control cards, basically. Yeah. And I was beating Sultai. So I was like, is this... Is this a real deck? Maybe this deck doesn't suck. Uh, and then I played against Carlos Ramal. Mm-hmm. He was on Sultai. <laughs> oh. And it became pretty clear that the only reason I was winning against other Sultai players was they were making mistakes. He yeah. didn't he didn't run into anything. And you're like, <laughs> he beat the crap oh, out of me. Okay, well. <laughs> so I had to put that deck to rest because I know there's gonna be some good players next weekend. Yeah. He was just saving his thought seasons for the right moments and making controlling having less than seven cards in his graveyard because he knew that i had into the story wow. probably and you know even though he's definitely never seen this deck before because he's just like randomly ex- made it up just like <laughs> expecting it he just knows the cards i mean yeah <laughs> and i was like okay this deck gets dunked on by sulta if it's yeah. in the hands of carlos oh. Romano. yeah <laughs> professional players yes who knew professional players they're <laughs> yeah. good at magic they're good yeah whoa <laughs> 
crazy. But I was only in platinum, so. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe he's, he's still, still ranking up too. Yeah, he's like taking breaks in between championships and stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, he was preparing for the championship. Yeah. <laughs> not ranking up to mythic. He's yeah. not trying to rank up to mythic. He's like, I don't need to get up there if I don't <laughs> yeah, have to. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So overall, uh, arena open felt. Uh, you know, I I didn't have that much fun because I don't like historic best of one that much. Yeah. It's just too combo. You lose on turn four if I have the right cards. You well, know? it's funny because that combo deck I'd like never really seen b- before until like the championship and then the arena open. It was like everywhere. Yeah. And now if you, you play historic, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I'm like... I was just ill-prepared. I should have been practicing earlier in the week. I was leaning a little bit too heavy on the Mm FNM to pick a deck, and I should have picked a just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I should have done. If I could go back and do it again, I'd just try best of three all three times. Yes, I I definitely would have done best of three because I've usually have been, I've been playing that for the last few months, so... And um, if, you know, if our listeners did best of one because we recommended it, I'm sorry. Yeah, we apologize. We, we, we underestimated the difference between standard and historic right. in best of one. Because I did the arena open best of one mm-hmm. and I tried best of three. The I one tried, in November. Yeah, yeah. the sorry, the previous one that was standard. I tried both and I liked best of one better because it was more or less the same format, but best of one felt is more forgiving instead of losing once and you're mm-hmm. out, you get to lose twice but in his still be live but like in historic you have so many different decks that you're coming up against that you actually need your sideboard to help you against mono white prison and stuff right. like that yeah the difference in best of one historic versus best of three metagames for this event was a lot bigger than the difference in the standard event yeah obviously um, card size i mean card pool size and all that right. kind of stuff so i do think it's still true that best of seven or best of one is easier to qualify for day two yes. so if that's all you want then make sure you research the best of one metagame, choose mm-hmm. whatever combo deck you think. And be playing kills the that fastest. for the last week or so. Yeah, and play that in best of one. Mm-hmm. If you want to play kind of the good old historic that you are used to, play best of three. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of fun in the best of three match that I played. Even mm-hmm. though I lost, I went 0 1. Yeah. Um, I sold a really back and forth match with a Rakdos deck. And that ended up being the most fun I had all day. The rest was just kind of frustrating where it's like, well, they have the turn four kill again. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm out again. I basically like played it and then took a nap because I was like, yeah. I'm just an anger nap. Right. Where I'm like, I'm so angry and salty. Because <laughs> yeah. my, my fiance was just like, so how long is this tournament going to take? I was like, I don't know. Like, I know, it, yeah. it depends on how long it's going to be or whatever. Julia knows now that it's... It's a long time if I do well, mm-hmm. and otherwise not. So. Yeah, and so I was trying to explain that, and I was like, hopefully it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, it wasn't even like twelve yet. I was like, I'm out. I'm yeah. not doing this again. She's like, wait, really? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. She's like, I thought you were gonna. Nope. And I was like, don't yeah, talk. Don't. Just yeah. <laughs> not take, yet. In take an, an hour. In taking an a hour. nap. Yeah. <laughs> like I need it. Yeah. For so. me, it was. Uh, you were coming over later. Yes. Um, and then we were talking about doing something in the afternoon. Julia's, oh, wait, you have your tournament today. I'm like, nope, I already got knocked out of that it's, three it's times, done. so it's okay. Yeah, yeah, so it doesn't... Uh... But thank you for remembering. I do yeah. appreciate that. Right, that is exactly. Nice. Uh, and making it feel legitimate. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I... <clears throat> just, yeah. just, just 
threw some yep. stuff away. Whatever. Played some terrible band control. I don't know where you found yeah. that crap. But. <laughs> I still like the deck. I still think it's fun. I think it's a good deck. I don't think um, it's bad. I, I don't love it in best of one just no. because of all the combo decks. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like you keep saying combo. I mean, I really just feel like there's there's the combo. There's the Paradox Engine. Yeah. There's the Paradox Engine, um, like Emery Karn combo. Mm-hmm. And then you have nine lives. Well, I think of goblins as a combo deck, too. Okay, I guess I don't really think of goblins as a combo yeah. deck. Because it plays like a combo deck, right? It's just trying to kill you as fast as possible with this but that, so, key card. It's just like aggro. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. But it can also kill you in a different way. I lost to just goblin instigators because I couldn't play creatures, and I didn't have a wrath. Hell, Mono Red's a combo deck because it's cheap creatures in Embercleave. Combo. Yeah. So if you play any cards that, that interact with other cards, yeah. it's a combo deck. That's right. If you play a bunch Teferi of... Teferi and Counterspell. Yeah. If you play Come a bunch on. of random crap like I did. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, no. I, I guess I just mean decks that are very linear. I don't necessarily mean combo. Just hyper-linear strategies that are trying to win on turn four. Sure. That just uh, sounds like any deck I'd want to play. That just yeah, sounds like magic. But it's, <laughs> it's the entire historic best of one. Yeah, game. yeah. I mean, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I had that... Even against Mono Red, it felt like a combo deck because they played a one-drop, and mm -hmm. then I'm, I was on the draw. So on turn, I passed the turn after playing a land. And they play uh, land, burning tree, emissary, burning tree, emissary, burning tree, emissary, uh, and then Steamkin. That's the deck I want to play. And I was like, well, if you had that in your hand, you know, like, it's when you're in paper, you're like, you could have just showed me that, and we could go right to game. Like, next game, man. <laughs> What am I supposed to do against that? Even if I have Wrath of God in my hand, it's too slow. It's three yeah, turns you're away. you're going to lose before that. <laughs> um, that's hilarious. <laughs> to me, I think. I think I did have Wrath of God in my hand. And, and I was like, like, there's just no way. Runaway Steam Kid's going to be a 4-4. Four -four. It's going to be huge. Play whatever they want next turn. Yeah. Now they only have like two cards left. But, but they don't. I'm sure it's Embercleave. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's the, the last Burning Tree Emissary that they didn't want to play to make you feel bad. You're yeah. like, you know what? I'll hold this one for I next turn. I could have played this, but <laughs> that's why we need a chat to be like, I have one more in my hand. Yeah. Scoop. <laughs> but there's less of that kind of thing in standard. There are still fast draws. Like, Gruul can have the uh, um, the haste landfall creature. Brushfire Elemental. Yeah, they could go Brushfire brush fire fabled passage and it feels like you can't win that game because you're at ten, yeah. 10 already because they hit or you for nine. 10 <clears throat> but you'll be at nine because they hit you yeah uh, for one on turn two before yeah. but i still prefer the turn four kazandu mammoth into fabled passage into great hinge into questing beast yeah and then you pretty, attack for like that's a pretty good turn attack for 12 or something yeah. that's great <laughs> yeah, not bad so so it does, Combo have, deck, it does have that, but I think <laughs> Burning Tree Emissary just makes for more draws like that in Best of One Historic, where it's it like, does. well, if you had three Burning Trees in your opening hand and you're on the play, yeah, I guess I'm out of this event. <laughs> Until that you, like, counter the first one and then... Yeah, well, if I was on... I actually had Sensor, so if I was on the play, you would Sensor the first yeah. Burning Tree. And, and then you're then, like, okay, slow it down. Then it's delayed a whole turn, and I yeah. would have Wrath of God on time. Exactly. But I'm on the draw, so... Unless I was playing... Well, that's your fault. You should have been on the play. Come on. Unless I was... Like, I don't think there was any card, like, one one mana card I could have cast that mm -hmm. would have done anything. Like, I can Thought Seize one of them away. Yeah. Or I could Thought Seize away the Steam Steamkin. Still uh, probably going to lose. You could unsummon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I unsummon in response to your Burning Tree trigger. Yeah. Uh, nope. Play it again. Play it again. <laughs> You're like... 
Whoops. The man is floating. <laughs> I actually have done something that stupid before where I was yeah. playing standard and I was playing teamer adventures. Okay. My opponent was on mono red. Mm -hmm. They attack with everything and they slam an ember cleave onto their, um, the annex. Okay. So it's freaking huge. Yeah. So I have brazen borrower and I go to bounce the annex and I just kind of click like not on the annex. I click on the ember cleave. Oh. Emmerich goes back to his hand and he slams it again for two more two mana again. And you're like, and I looked like such an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's I awful. swear I meant to click the annex. <laughs> Classic misclick. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. I took solace in the fact that I probably was going to lose that game anyways because once they yeah. get Embercleave down to two mana, it's hard. Exactly. It's, it's hard to win well, that then, game. Then they just have a ton of creatures. That's just exactly. that's what that you're means. You're just getting beat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but I wouldn't have been dead. Just that turn had I yeah. uh, targeted the correct thing. <laughs> oh, one thing I did want to say about the Arena Open um, is just, I think we just need a segment called Zach Makes Mistakes, probably. Mm. Um, so remember when I was talking about how the payout structure had changed for this one and it was different than the last one? Yeah. Yeah, that's not true. Yeah. Oh. I definitely went back and looked at it and was like, no, it says exactly the same thing on the last one as it did for this one. So I think I saw that on Twitter. I got confused. Mm -hmm. Something got crossed. Damn Thought it. it was different. Definitely That's not. okay. I saw a Twitter preview today that was Kaldheim, like, preview thing. Mm -hmm. And then it had wooded foothills with a Kaldheim logo and new art in it. Um, I was like... I don't think so. But nope. you almost had me. You almost had me. Yeah. They do like to do that kind of stuff. Um, I don't think this was that kind of situation, mm. but um, but yeah, so, so I should uh, look a little bit deeper sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so please forgive me. Um, At least that's a mistake that didn't really matter. It did like, not really matter. That this is, like, well, you told us. them the correct... <laughs> it didn't matter for us. Well, no. you told them what the correct prize structure was, right? Or were you saying that... I was saying the that... The new prize structure you claimed was incorrect. The new, new prize oh. structure... For day two was incorrect. I thought you were saying the mistake was that this wasn't the same thing they had last time. I no. Was like, oh, that doesn't matter. No, no. It was that um, last time I thought that you had to get to seven wins mm -hmm. to qualify. Yeah. And it was always five. Oh, so that's what I'm saying. It doesn't yeah. It doesn't change anything from oh. viewers listening no, no, to no, no, you. Because, no, no, no. oh, you're, you're telling them misinformation about something that had th happened like three months ago. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I just want you to know that yeah. I know that I was wrong. Yeah. See, this is um, why we need just a ton of listeners and be active on Twitter because you would have heard about that like immediately. Yeah, 20 minutes. Yeah, I just need shit. somebody to tell me yeah. when I'm wrong because it happens a lot. I'll make um, a little logo for our Zach is wrong. Segment. Yeah, maybe we need a button. We need a soundboard and I oh, just yeah, push we need it. To get it's that like, for sure. wah, wah, wah. <laughs> or it's like, wrong or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, tell us what you think we should make that, yeah. that sound be because. Uh, eventually, that'd be kind of fun to have. It could just be, you know, when you concede an arena and your face blows <laughs> just up? explodes. It. <laughs> that sound. <laughs> Can we take that sound? Are yeah. we allowed to do that? <laughs> uh, probably not. Probably not. But we could. We could make our own. Yeah, and I'll make a little like icon that's you. Yeah, it's just <laughs> my face, like changing. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> if we ever like, why do we? <laughs> It's an audio podcast. We don't need a picture. Yeah, but I'll enjoy it so much more. Oh, okay. So so it'll just be for us. All yeah. right. That's good. Um, that's kind of how I feel about the the Arena Open. I don't have a lot else to say because I got uh, pretty salty pretty fast. Yeah. The only other thing I have to say is, you know, talking historic, mm -hmm. I got to figure out what to play next weekend. Totally. So I acknowledge that I should play Sultai or Four Color. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to, though. <laughs> what about one of the decks we're going to talk about next? I, 
I also don't think I'm going to fully hate it. Just because I don't, you know, uh, I don't it's want a, to. It's a big tournament. It's the, this is the qualifier for the championship. It's not honestly, the pre-qualifier. It's honestly not that I don't think the decks are good enough. I just don't want to. Like, I don't want to play Sultai because um, I just don't really enjoy it that much. Yeah. And I figured out, actually, while playing I thought it. you liked it a lot. No. So I figured out oh, what I don't like about playing Sultai. Okay. Because in theory, I should. Yes. It's not Uro, as I originally thought. Oh. It's actually just Nyssa. I just don't like Nyssa. I don't like Nyssa either. And I don't like having four copies of Nyssa, and basically my whole game plan revolves around, around this Nissa. card. Yeah. Because uh, I kind of hate that card. So I'm going to try to play a deck that doesn't play Nyssa. That sounds great. Might just play Junsack. Junsack? Yeah. I'll take PV's list, probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that sounds pretty good. I, I like Junsack a lot. And I have noticed a lot of people going back to Sultai. Yeah. Like just in terms of Twitter and on the ladder and uh, tournaments. So then you can sneak in with the Junsack with what no I'm saying, yeah. Okay, I like yeah. that. People are uh, cheating on their Yasharns. I might come in with Junsack. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will uh, hopefully you can figure that out and, and do well in the tournament so yeah. that you can go to the championship and um, yeah. you'll pick yourself and I'll win again. <laughs> I'm saying this now, but you know, all this now, but <laughs> cue like next show in a few weeks, be like, yeah, I played Salt Yeah, I played Salt <laughs> um, And still the terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Should have played a deck I enjoyed. <laughs> Dang it. Um, but with that, I need a beer. Yeah, me too. Okay. And we're going to a beer break. Beer break. That's a foamy one. That's a good one. Yeah. All right, Jeff, what are you drinking now? Well, I got your tree topper, red, red ale. Here. Tell me if it can top your tree. What? <laughs> no. Actually, I don't have a tree topper right now. Oh, so I see. Maybe I'll just I'll just skewer this can. <laughs> That's great. Julia will love that. Yeah, it's very just like <clears throat> I don't know, white trash. Yes, it's kind the elegant like, uh, yeah, tree topper she's good. always wanted. Yeah, and now I have the uh, let's see, Russian stout. Russian Imperial Stout. Sorry, yeah. my apologies. Uh, named Russian Imperial Stout, just like I like. That's right. I knew you'd like that. So. I know. It's uh, <laughs> you know who needs names, right? They're just too fancy, fluffy. You know, you know I I'd just rather want, they focus more on the beer. I just want beer. Just tell me the the beer already has a name. Why are you trying to make it different? <laughs> Should just be called beer. It just it's just beer. <laughs> there is beer, just called beer, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, mm. Gruel Historic Decks. If you watched. <laughs> watched if you listen to our other episode we went through and did a blue white uh kind of breakdown um similar to what we're going to be doing right now mm -hmm. but basically what we are talking about and the reason we're doing this segment is because getting into historic can be really difficult yep. if you don't have the cards um and it can be kind of like muddy waters you don't exactly know what you're getting into and mm -hmm. you might waste a ton of your wild cards getting into it right yeah exactly so I mean, it's even hard for people who play a lot and yeah. have collections built. Exactly. Up. It's just like there's a lot of stuff going on um, and it gets it's going to get bigger and bigger as we keep going on. Um, so this is uh, the second segment where we were talking about a two color pair and what we think you should focus on when you're getting into historic and some cheap options for decks and more expensive, expensive options for decks uh, in those two colors if you choose to like them. Right. Um, but first, we do like to say our budget decks will always have a good mana base. Yeah. So the first thing, if, especially if you're a listener of the show, you know we always advocate wild cards 
at the start should be spent on lands because being able to cast your spells consistently is much better than having one really good card but you can only cast it in 10% of your games because you don't have any good lands. Exactly. Uh, It's better to play with a bunch of uncommons and a few rares, as we'll show you in a second, uh, a few non-land rares and have a really strong mana base than the other way around. Exactly. And so in Historic, we're always talking about shocks are Mm -hmm. the most important. Uh, And then check lands are nice and also the pathway specifically for this. Right. Um, Pathways, hey, if you're playing standard, which you should be if you have a new account, uh, you... Wanted to get those anyways. So. Yeah, and you probably have a lot of them. And, right. Uh, they're really good. And we're getting the the four other ones in Kaldheim soon. So mm-hmm. um, they're just going to be slapped into the rest of the, the lands that we need. Yeah. Um, so we mean budget. What, what exactly do we mean by budget? Though? Budget really just means uh, the deck, the actual like purpose of the deck, or the, what you're working towards. Mm-hmm. There are few to no rares. Right, non-land rares. Non-land rares, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so last time we did this budget, medium budget, mm-hmm. and then non-budget thing, uh, and the budget meant no non-land rares, yes. medium budget, had, well, it wasn't really like, defined, but a few, it had, had 10, like seven, less than 10, seven to 10. Yeah. And then the, the no budget obviously means we're not concerned about the wild card. Yeah. There's the best cards. This time, I think we're going to try it a little differently. Yeah. Um, we decided that the not the medium budget deck we are we had was already pretty, pretty budget. budget. Yeah. There's just one non-land rare, four copies. So there's four non-land rare wild cards. Um, so I think instead what we're going to do is a budget and a not budget. Mm-hmm. And the budget list, we're going to keep it as low on the rare count as possible. Mm-hmm. So here there are a few cards we could have added, right? Yes. It's still been under the 10 rare count to make or it whatever. not medium budget. Exactly. But we decided the only one that's essential is this one card. Mm-hmm. So we'll just keep four of those. Everything else will be. And the deck works perfectly fine. And you can still beat a bunch of decks. And I have yeah. beat yeah. quite a few <laughs> decks with this. Um, so what we are saying we have chose for our budget Gruel deck um, is Gruel Electrostatic Pummeler. Oh, real quick, we should mention that you can find the deck list. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, if you want to follow along, you can find the deck list at uh, MTG Goldfish. Uh, it will be under Arena Regulars episode 10. Yeah. Um, you can find us there and the other decks from the last uh, episode as well. And if this episode, uh, you found the link through Instagram or through Twitter, we'll probably post. Yeah, it'll be there. Also, we'll, we'll put the links in the show notes um, on your platform or whatever you're, you're yeah, listening exactly. to. Just go to the, open the show notes and it'll be there. Um, <clears throat> you'll find it very easily. But getting to the deck, Electrostatic Pummeler. <clears throat> what is that, Jeff? <laughs> Right as, was, right, right as I was taking a drink. All right, I'll, I'll read it, I'll read it. <clears throat> so this is the most important card of the deck. It's the reason we're playing the deck. It is the only non-rare, uh, sorry, non-land card that is rare, and mm-hmm. we have four copies of it. It is a three-mana artifact creature construct. It's a 1-1. One, one. When Electrostatic Pummeler enters the battlefield, you get three energy. You can pay three energy, and Electrostatic Pummeler gets plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is its power. Wow. So... Doubles its power. Yeah. Uh, well, basically doubles its power and toughness, but... Some might uh, say this card grows exponentially. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it really does. Super fun card. If you like things that go very, very big and destroy people with, like, a ridiculous amount of damage, right. this is the card. Well, first you think it's a 1-1, one, one, 
And you can double its power. <laughs> one, one, that's a two, two, you know, oh, because great. it only has three energy. Exactly. Right? When it comes into play, you get three energy. You make it a two, two. A three mana two, two that you have to spend resources on. That sounds mm-hmm. ridiculously terrible. Right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Sounds bad. You would be wrong, though. <laughs> um, actually, so the deck can really be broken down into kind of two parts after we talk about um, Pummeler. Mm-hmm. So the two parts are basically we are playing cards that give us energy. So they're energy producing cards. And then uh, the other card type is just any sort of trampling pump effect. Those are the basic things we're trying to do. So the point of the deck is that you want to take Electrostatic Pummeler. You want to give it plus four plus zero and trample. You want to, And so it, now it's going to be a 5-1 with trample. And then you have as much energy as you can possibly get to double its power and toughness. So now you have 10 power, then double again, you're at 20, boom, they're dead if they're at 20. But it's always fun to go above and beyond. Yeah, no, you have to. And then you can easily, you know, know, hit people for 160 or Mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, It's pretty fun. Uh, And See, I I think of this as a combo deck. Okay, I don't think of this as a combo deck. (laughs) A card that doubles its power and pump spells. Yes. Combo. Oh, sure. (laughs) Two cards that work well together. Um, but if you like big smashy stuff, like this is what I'm talking about. This is like, to me, this really feels like gruel, like real gruel, even though it's an artifact, um, like big smashy things that just rip. It doesn't even matter what you have on the field. Like you will not, you you can block this. It doesn't matter. I'm still dealing 90 damage to you most, a lot of the time. Yeah. I'm not surprised you like this deck because it has a similar feel to auras it does where you just want to get one really important huge creature mm-hmm. and protect it yeah of course auras tends to branch out a little more because mm-hmm. uh, uh you know the the good creature draws cards when you play auras exactly. and this one doesn't but it also yeah. kills faster this one kills light like out of nowhere out of nowhere and if people kills harnessed lightning fast yes <laughs> um wah, wah. Wah, wah. Um, if, if your opponent doesn't exactly know what this card does, which has been happening more often than you would think, mm-hmm. um, they won't see it as a threat. It's just a one, one. Um, and they'll be like, it's just, it is surprising until more people play this deck. Um, you will be able to just like leave your pummeler on the field and they'll kill something else instead. Yeah. So it's probably worth noting that electrostatic pummeler decks were a big thing when Kaladesh was in standard. Yes. Uh, they tended to be blue green. At mm-hmm. the time, if I'm remembering correctly. Because you can play Rogue Refiner and um, Glimmer of Genius, and there's a couple other energy cards that are... Right, and, and they didn't have quite the same level of just kind of awesome uh, red cards, necessarily. Exactly. Um, like, I, I'm even wondering if we if we were talking about upgrades, if you would play Embercleave in this deck. It's just, you could totally play Embercleave in this deck. It's an awesome pump spell, but this deck doesn't tend to go wide. Embercleave incentivizes the, you for going wide. Yeah, so the way that we have built it, it does go a little wide. Right. Um, you Usually when you're attacking to win the game, you'll probably be attacking with four creatures. Okay. Three or four well, is perfect, usually what then. you kind of get around. So yeah. so Cleave could definitely go in this deck. Um, also any sort of... Well, before we go into upgrades, let's just like quickly talk about some of the cards that are in it. Um, Long Tusk Cub. It, uh, any of the cards that like enter the battlefield and give you energy. Mm-hmm. So uh, Servant of the Conduit, uh, Voltaic Brawler. That's got to be your ace, right? That's that's what you want to be playing on turn two. That was a, that's a really good uh, turn two play. I either I even have uh, Aether Torch Renegade because it's a three mana one two, but when it enters, you get four energy. Right, four and is any, a lot. Any card that gives you uh, three or more is really good because that's mm-hmm. a full pump of the Pummeler. Um, we're also playing uh, Tune with Aether, and 
one card that is extremely important to this deck, besides, of course, Invigorating Rampage, which gives it plus four, plus zero, and Trample. Mm -hmm. Also Collision Colossus that gives it four, pl uh, plus four, plus two, and Trample. Um, but Blossoming Defense. I would also put, uh, I mean, other than Electrostatic Pummeler, I would also put a tune with Ether in the Do Not Cut pile. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you want to build a convert your own version of this deck, you you must play Blossoming Defense, I think. Yes. It's just the best way to give a creature Hexproof. And the strategy here, again, is kind of a defend the queen, protect exactly. the queen kind of strategy. You have one threat that threaten that's going to kill them mm -hmm. very, very quickly. If you can untap with it, you're probably in great shape. Exactly. A lot of the times that will what will happen with the sequencing is that uh, you have your, it's turn four, you have Electrostatic Pummeler, maybe a couple other things, and maybe two pump, um, two, you have six energy, that's what I'm trying to say. So you can pump Pummeler twice. Yeah, you can um, double its power. And yeah, so twice. basically what you'll want to do um, is attack with it, and then give it plus four, plus zero, and trample. Mm -hmm. And then when they try to remove it, you can play Blossoming Defense, and then pump it a bunch. Yeah. And you'll be good. You'll be so, good. So like so. I was saying, this used to be a standard. I think people actually played this at the World Championships oh, really? back in the day. Um, it didn't win the event, but it, it was a known quantity that people mm -hmm. had to prepare for, and some yeah. people played it. Uh, and I loved... I never played the deck myself, but I loved playing against it. Mm -hmm. Because it has this really kind of battle of wits going on, or this you know bluff passing back and forth where, yeah. okay, they attack with the pummeler. Well, what do I do? If I try to kill it, you don't want to try to kill it in combat because they're going to play their pump spells in response and mm -hmm. then get the better of you. Yeah. But if they try to pump it with blossoming defense or something, then I'm going to have to kill it in yes. response to that. So it was this weird, like, nobody wants to do anything. They attack me with pummeler, you know. Do I just take one? Are you going to pump it once? It's on them to decide what to do. Yeah. And I have to sit there, you know, when do I kill this thing? And a wrong, like any wrong movement from either player probably loses the game. And exactly. I just really like those like high ten intensity yeah, like, games. Yeah, uh, because different from the Auras deck where it, it, the Auras deck can kill you in one turn when it goes, but usually it doesn't know it's going to do that until that turn. Right. Pummeler knows I'm going to kill the next turn kind of thing. Unless yeah. they have something, if you have a Blossoming Defense and another Pump Spell, it's like, I'm probably going to kill them right now. Yeah, and when you play against it, you have to assume if they're untapping with Pummeler, they can kill you. Yes. So you have to play... As if they're going to. Right. Um, because a lot of the Auras deck is, is matters what cards you draw off of the spells you're playing. Mm -hmm. uh, and Pummeler, you probably have the pieces in your hand. And you, you know, if you play... Uh, the pummeler on the battlefield, you probably have the pieces already. You don't really want to have it out without some sort of backup blossoming defense or something. Yeah, I mean, one thing I would say is you probably want to play this on turn four with a blossoming defense to protect it. Actually, you can play Servant of uh, the Conduit sure, yeah. on turn two, and then on turn three you can play it because then yep. uh, they won't remember that the Servant can do that or whatever. But you don't usually want to just tap out on this for turn no, three. No, no, no. Don't tap out without a blossoming, fad, a blossoming defense up because... It is really the the it's the card that wins you the game. Yeah. <laughs> so and it's kind of your this plan is all in. Like you you're doing this and you can't deal with a lot of other distractions. Um, sometimes you can you know squeeze out a win with the long tusk cubs or uh, a couple other creatures if you hit early. But um, it's really the reason you're playing. So you know protect it. Yeah, I always thought it was really interesting to play against this deck with counter spells too. Because mm -hmm. if I counter their voltaic brawler. Yeah. Well, then they're going to play an electrostatic pummeler. Mm -hmm. 
but the Voltaic Brawler hits for four. You know, yeah. you can't just let it be there forever. Exactly. So. so you do have those kind of problems of like, sometimes you just win games because you have all of your energy creatures that are just, you aren't drawing Pummeler, but some of those are pretty good anyway. It, it's similar to when I play against goblins and yeah. I'm always saving stuff because I can't beat a Muxus and then they just kill me with a bunch of dorky goblins. And you're like, that happened, that happened in the arena open. Yeah. When they just played, I, I countered one goblin instigator that mm -hmm. brings the 1-1 one, one with it and they played two more and I just lost to that. Yeah. I was like, this is so stupid. <laughs> it's not even real goblins. You're not even obliterating me. Yeah, it's just like, I can't, deal with, like I can't deal with five 1-1s. One yeah. Like, this sucks. <laughs> no, no wrath of God. No wrath of God. Yeah. Terrible. Um, yeah, so the, you just have to respect the pummeler. So yeah, so respect the pummeler. Be the pummeler. Yeah, pummel. And like you're saying, people, people aren't used to this deck. Are they definitely they? aren't. So. so you will um, squeeze out some wins. I even won uh, a best of three against the combo deck that we were talking about earlier. Oh. Uh, playing this exact list. Was it Matt Nass? Um, it was not Matt Nass. It was somebody who wished that they were were Matt Nass because he would definitely <laughs> obliterate me. But I think it's a super great deck, and the mana base. Mm, Fantastic, mm -hmm. because I used four stomping grounds, four uh, pathways, yeah, yeah. and then two. I really like pathways. the Hashep Oasis. That just yeah. makes a lot of sense in this deck. Yeah, so uh, that's actually an extra thing I added maybe a couple days ago okay. as an extra pump spell just yeah. in case. Getting a pump spell out of your land seems sweet. Oh, for sure. Um, definitely, definitely fun. Yeah. <laughs> I just love when people, you know, you have no cards in hand and then all of a sudden you, your pummeler is still there and you just yeah. pump it for three and it gets... <laughs> It's huge. Yeah. All of a sudden, now I had six energy and a hash like, up oasis. Oh, so. so you're attacking for 16? Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. With no cards in hand? How? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty fun. The only problem with Pummeler is it doesn't have Trample, and that's why all of your pump spells tend to give it Trample. Yes. But. So the Trample is extremely important. Mm -hmm. Any pump spell, if you're looking at pump spells and you're like, oh, Infuriate, that's really cool, plus three, plus two. And I get to scry. Yeah, yeah, any of that crap. You can't yeah. use any of it. No, it has to give It trample. has to give Trample. And I really think... Or Hexproof, like Blossoming. Or defense. Hexproof, yeah. Um, which, that's mainly what you're using Blossoming Defense for, but sometimes it can just be an extra fun... Let's see how high we can go. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I well, will sometimes say... Sometimes if you have two, you can start on it. And yes. And they're forced to respond to it, and, and then, then you play the other one. And then they play another Fatal Push. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, at that point, they had something exactly. leave the battlefield and had two fatal pushes. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of things that are going on in that situation. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I really think that the magic number for this, for you want your electrostatic pummeler to be at five power. Right. Um, also, because the math is super easy. Yeah. But, you know, obviously when you hit somebody for 20, that's, well, yeah. that's mainly game. Five double-double is 20. It Math checks out. Doctor <laughs> says so. It's true. <laughs> But uh, this deck is budget. Um, are there some cards we could add to it to make it a little bit more uh, more less budget? More, so I hypothesized Embercleave. Yes. You're the expert on the deck, so you seem to agree that'd be... I think Embercleave would be uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. It does give... Worth uh, testing, right? It's definitely worth testing because it gives trample and double strike. Yeah. And if you double your power, so <laughs> then I can hit for like... close. I mean, I want to... That would be like a... Can I hit for 500? Like, yeah. that's, that's basically what I'm thinking in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> can I do that? I mean, um, if you can hit for 100 normally, you could get to 200. Exactly. 202. 202. So, um, Embercleave is 2x plus 1. That's it. Yeah, yeah. 2x plus 2. Mm -hmm. Don't forget. So uh, that, that does seem pretty fun. I'm trying to think. I mean, obviously, you're going to throw a Bristling Hydra because that will give you um, 
a bunch of energy and itself is a threat and people will try to remove it and it can right just so bristling hydras it's a rare from kaladesh it's a four three makes three energy but you can yep. spend three energy to put a counter on it and give it hexproof yes yeah um, so it's kind of you can pump this threat up in mm -hmm. a similar way because it's already a four power creature and it can pump itself up it only adds one to its power every time mm -hmm. But it gives itself hexproof. hexproof, which is a big deal. It's still kind of your plan B to the pummeler. It is a plan but B, but if you attack with a pummeler and a hydra, right. they have to figure out something. Like, because if right. you attack with both of them, and they're trying to figure out their blocks, get pretty confusing. Mm -hmm. I've actually just kind of lost games to hydra too, where mm -hmm. I'm sitting there with a bunch of removal spells. And they just play a hydra, and they never don't they, ever use the energy prematurely. Only use it. Only use it when you're going to get removed. To. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's an obvious addition. Uh, some other things that jumped out to me was I'd probably play Shatter Skull Smashing. Oh, for sure. Because that's just another land that can act as a it's removal a, spell. It's a land that does stuff. I mean, yeah. why would you not play that? It's right. So good. Yeah. Um, I would try to sneak some sort of card advantage in here. Mm -hmm. Um. I don't know if I'd love putting Chandra in here, but like I, I feel like anytime I have a red deck, I tend to like that. Yeah, one thing I notice is that every creature in this deck costs three or less. Yes. Oh, but so you only play eighteen creatures, so collected company would be something that you probably only expect to hit one creature off. Yeah. Most of the time, that's kind of your your mean. But hitting a using it to find a pummeler on end step sounds awesome. It does so. sound pretty dope. So I would definitely test out Collected Company. Maybe just as like a one or two of, which is really weird because Collected Company is one of those cards that's either four of or, or, or zero. Almost all the time. Because you usually build your deck around it because you want your deck to have creatures with three CMC or less. Right. I mean, the number is usually you want like 27 mm -hmm. creatures with converted mana cost three or less. And yeah. that's kind of on the low end. Mm-hmm. So here we have 18 in the current list. So yeah. you would never expect to hit, you shouldn't expect to hit two creatures off this usually. Yeah. So you're really just going just for the pummeler in that situation. But the upside would be high enough. I guess Bristling Hydra is a four drop though, right? It is a four drop. So the, if so you're playing Hydra then. I'd probably probably rather have Hydra in it than yeah. the pummeler. Yeah. Um, or sorry, than, um, than the pummeler. Than <laughs> collected <laughs> Company. Um, because we have to run these you know, these pump spells, which I think is really fun because I love pump spells. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you, you, you yeah, usually can't guy. play them uh, in Constructed. Mm -hmm. uh, they're super, you know, you'll you'll see them in Draft all the time because they're really great there. That's why I love Draft so much. Um, <laughs> I don't even know about really great, man. Like, pump spells are okay in Draft. They're pretty <laughs> amazing. What are you talking about? <laughs> Giant Growth is like the best card ever printed. If you say so. <laughs> I mean, you bolt my creature, giant growth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is one way that giant can happen. Giant growth yeah. is better than all the other one <laughs> instance that they made in Alpha. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's uh, it's better than Healing South. I'll give it's, you that. <laughs> it is better than Healing South. But I think it's the second worst one. It's the second worst one, but one of the, one of the best ones. <laughs> Yeah, it's in the top four. <laughs> it's in the top two in Arena. There you go, yeah. Of those cards. No, it's the first one. Is Healing only Self one. will even make it to Arena? No, or? it's the only one. It's yeah. the best one. Yeah. There we go. Boom. It's the Giant only, growth. It's the best one on Arena. It's the best right. one on Arena. Yeah. That's what I'm sticking to. Yeah. I love how you, you, you're thinking of the scenario when they bolt you. 
your creature and you growth it. And I'm thinking of the scenario when you go to giant growth your creature and they bolt <laughs> you it. You bolt it. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. <laughs> your dream is like a one for one and a couple extra damage. Yeah. <laughs> I just like that they negate each other. It yeah. actually, they're the only ones that really, besides what they wanted healing south to do, right? they actually work together. It negates a bolt to the face, man. Yeah, <laughs> great. You could either prevent it or gain the life. <laughs> yeah. Which one do you want to do? It doesn't really it's basically matter. Basically, better than giant growth. It prevents lightning bolt on a creature or to your face. Okay, all right, sure. <laughs> oh, everybody knows that um, the black one's the best. So. The black one, <laughs> dark ritual. Come yeah, on, it is the second best. I agree. <laughs> what? Oh, you what? Drawing three cards for one blue is good. Yeah. Or you're forgetting that you can also let your opponent draw three cards. Oh, right. <laughs> it's another option the card right. has. So I have <laughs> Underworld Dreams or whatever. Yeah. Was, is that the card? No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Underworld Dreams. Yeah, that'd take three damage off. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyway, let's move on. Um, yeah, I think the only other thing we wanted to mention was it could be fun to experiment with playing some Mutate in this deck as mm. a way to pump your power. Actually, yes, that did seem fun. So if you are playing a Mutate creature onto the Pummeler, it immediately has more power than it had before. If you choose correctly which if one you, to if put you on choose, top. If you put the Mutate creature on top, which is what you should do. Yeah. I, so I was trying to play out, uh, play out, play around with that a little bit, but I didn't have a... T usually they're just too expensive and they see it coming. And the fun part is that it's kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. Um... But I definitely think that it would be worth trying. Like like going in, be like, what are my favorite mutate creatures? I'm going to throw them in this deck, see if they're any good. That's why I mentioned it during upgrades, because mm -hmm. you were probably looking at common and uncommon I mutate was. creatures. Maybe there's a rare one that. So I think it. like probably a gem razor would be really good. Yeah, right. Because that will give reach Gems and trample, trample, and it only costs three to mutate on top of it. So that's. Gem razor is just great. a pretty good card. It's just a pretty good card. Yeah. Um, but having it maybe in your sideboard if you want to th throw in some some funny stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's kind of one of the only ones I really liked. Um, nothing else seemed to jump out at me as like being worth it. They all seemed a little bit too expensive or did things that we weren't exactly trying to do and changing right. the game plan a little seems bit. Seems sweet, though. Um, seems pretty sweet. I, I, I do think it'd be fun. Um, maybe an Everquill Phoenix just because you can give it flying. That's yeah. also good. Um, so, so some of those seemed, seemed pretty fun. I didn't try it though, but, but I, it would be worth looking into. Right. And one card I was thinking about just as a resilient threat mm -hmm. is, uh, that I think should see more play in historic than it does is rekindling Phoenix. Oh. You know, just as a four, three flyer, that's hard to deal with. Some mm -hmm. decks can't really beat it. Yeah. So, I mean, even Sultai, they don't have a ton of ways to beat a rekindling Phoenix. They... Um, they can thought seize it. That's uh, true. Or have two removal spells. You need two removal spells. Or extinction event. That's kind of their one yeah. their one thing. An extinction event seems rough for, for us anyways. Well, <laughs> extinction event is just... It's just a really good card. It's just a good card. Yeah. Uh, most creature decks get hosed by extinction event. Like mm -hmm. it, it exiles at least half your board Basically. every time. Yeah. Unless they choose in, like Unless they choose to exile the smaller half portion yeah in which case that's better for them anyways because that's why well, else would they choose it yeah <laughs> you know? so uh yeah but so. Re uh, yeah I, okay i could see it being interesting just as like a problem mm -hmm. 
Whatever. Um, we should probably get on to the second deck that we have. Right, non-budget. Non-budget deck. This is kind of just standard Gruul, though. It really is. It's like, Gruul has a lot of good, high-quality threats. Just like, you know, Gruul is high-quality here. These yeah. are the prime Christmas this presents is, this right is here. This Gruul high-quality stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, basically, the deck that we have right here is kind of going around, um, but it's Burning True Emissary, which we love. Uh, but yeah. the, the big... Recently unsuspended. Mm -hmm. And it turns out it's a good card. Fantastic. Uh, but most of the cards are uh, 3 CMC or less. They're creatures. Um, why, why would they be 3 CMC or less? Because we want to play Collected Company. Mm, yes, that's what we were talking about in the last deck. This deck's all about Collected Company. Fantastic. Four mana instant. Look at the top six cards of your library. Put up to two creatures with converted mana cost three or less among them into play. So good. Yeah, so you're basically, if you're really nailing this, you're playing four mana to get six mana worth of creatures, mm -hmm. and you're getting it at instant speed. So on your, um, either on end step or blockers. Yeah, most likely scenario is in this deck on your opponent's end step. Mm -hmm. Like, they tap out for Wrath of God to wipe your board. You say, okay, I immediately refuel on yeah. your end step. Which is fantastic. That's the idea behind this card. Yeah. Um, and so it just this just plays a whole bunch of three is the best, right? You don't mm -hmm. really want to be putting like Lana War Elves into play off this. Exactly. While that's an option. Yeah. And that's involved in the math here on what, how often you hit two creatures, where I think you shouldn't count Lana War Elves in that yeah. math because you really don't want to hit Lana War Elves. Um, Which we are. We're, we're playing four Lana War Elves just to, to ramp into some of our. Right. Other we stuff. have 31 creatures, and mm -hmm. I said you want 27 to hit two. Exactly. So four Lana War Elves. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. All right. Hey. Yeah. It's almost <laughs> like you, uh, almost like you looked at this list. Yeah. Like, okay, 27. Yeah. So I, I, I can see that. You're later. suggesting I did it backwards. Yeah. That you would subtract the four land you, 27. So that's the number that you want. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, but yeah, you definitely want like your entire deck basically to be creatures so that you have a bunch of choices. Because right. when I was playing this deck, all, I just had, I was like, Okay, so which two creatures do I pick? Because there's four of them. <laughs> like, right. I don't know. But the other part about, you know, how you can cast Collecting Company during blocks mm -hmm. or on their end step or stuff, part of that is you have to think about what creatures you want to hit. Yeah. Right? So you may have uh, this deck list looks like it doesn't have Reclamation Sage in the sideboard, but that's a card you could put in if that... I definitely... Uh, you definitely should have one, I think, that was something I was going back and forth with. Right. Um, whether I wanted a braid or... It depends on the metagame, right? But, you know, like sometimes you'll want to even do it on your main phase mm -hmm. to hit a Reclamation Sage yeah. to kill an artifact or enchantment. Yeah. You know? So it's really skill testing, Collected Company, even though it sounds like it's just, I'll put a bunch of creatures into play and see what happens. Um, yeah, it's definitely not that easy, but... Like in the Mythic Invitational, I saw Luis Scott Vargas do that where he played it at a really, I, I think it was like during combat mm -hmm. because it surprised his opponent. It was Gabriel Nassif on the same deck because he knew he could hit Reclamation Sage and he did and killed the Witch's Oven after uh, like Gabe had made blocks or something and oh. it really messed with it. made Gabe's blocks look pretty bad. Oh, interesting. Because yeah. he couldn't sack them to the Witch's Oven? Yeah, exactly. He Gabe blocked in a way assuming he would have Witch's Oven mm -hmm. available next turn, and yeah. he d didn't. Um, you know, obviously Luis is going to see a play like that, but mm -hmm. 
Uh, collect a what, company. And Gabe wouldn't? <laughs> 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 but no, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I do, you know, playing creatures at instant speed we know is pretty powerful. Yeah, so when you play a collected company deck, other than the 27 creature mark, which is mm-hmm. kind of what you want to hit, you'll see 26 around. A lot of people say 26 is enough. I don't think it's enough. Uh, if you look at the numbers, you're Wrong. you're like 80, 84, something like that, 84% to hit uh, to hit with your collected company, and then only 60. I, I don't remember the numbers exactly to hit two. So okay. s- that sounds really low to me. It just doesn't sound like it's worth building your. And when you when promise. you're saying hit, you're talking one about one creature. One creature. Yeah. And then 60% to hit two. Is this two? That are both above at three CMC. No, no, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean the collected com- right. Just like have two creatures coming. So every card that is not a creature with converted mana cost three or less comes it worse other- and not a land. Yeah, comes at a pretty high cost okay. of reducing the the effectiveness of your best card. Yeah. So you Which, have to ask yourself: Is this card worth it? Yeah. It well, it definitely makes Kazandu Mammoth a lot better because yeah, not yeah. only could you play it off of collected company, but it's also a land. So exactly. So here we have Embercleave and Questing Beast as basically mm-hmm. the only two cards that are not lands and do not get hit by Collected Company. Yeah. And those cards I do think are worth it. I definitely um, think they are worth it. Yeah. Uh, Questing Beast is, is, is really, really good. That'd be the card I would cut over Embercleave, though, mm-hmm. if you wanted more hits. Definitely. Yeah, especially if you're sideboarding. Yeah. Uh, Questing Beast is usually the one you're like, we can get rid of this one. Uh, I know you're going to hit the Collected Company with three lands and three Amber Cleaves. You're going to be like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Which does you happen. built this deck. Yeah, <laughs> what the? Um, but the other way it works is so awesome when you collect a company into a bunch of creatures and then your Amber Cleave doesn't cost anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Amber Cleave's just amazing. It's, it's just such... Okay, so of the uh, Throne of Eldraine artifacts that came out, yeah. is Amber Cleave the best one? So Embercleave and the Great Henge are, are the at the top ones. by a country mile. Yeah. Uh, I think Embercleave is a little better than the Great Henge. Yes, I, I think so too. It has more decks that it goes in and, and it's it finishes better than... You need the Great Henge out for a few turns where you need Embercleave one turn. Right. When I was playing Gruul in Standard, I played more Great Henge than Embercleave because mm-hmm. I think it was better in that deck. Yeah. But I think, like you're saying, Embercleave... It's kind of just a mono red staple now mm-hmm. and goes basically in any aggressive red deck. That attacks gonna, with lots of creatures. You want to play Ember Cleave and probably the other card on that list is you want to play Bone Crusher Giant. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's one thing to note is that this list has both four copies of Bone Crusher Giant and fo- four copies of Collected Company, which are both cards on our historic staples list. Right. Um, which will be growing uh, later in whenever we feel like it. Yeah. Um, next year. Next year, whatever. <laughs> but those are, like, that's part of the reason why we picked this deck is because we think that those are cards that you will want to craft no matter what because you can yeah. play a bunch of decks with them. Mm-hmm. So here's just another deck that you can craft. Those those cards will be useful for. Right. And this deck we're talking about is, it plays as standard beatdown, right? Yeah. You just try to curve out as best you can and win with an ember cleave exactly i mean that's that's the gruel way and use collected company to refuel yeah or if they do nothing they decide not to cast a wrath of god Mm -hmm. try to put more pressure on it can be used that way as well exactly i think it's it's super fun um many of these i mean gruel really has like a very specific kind of thing it's trying to do with almost all of its cards Mm -hmm. um the thing that's interesting here is about you know main phasing collected company yeah 
there are a lot of haste threats here. Mm-hmm. So if your opponent did tap out, it might be right to main phase collected company if they're at a low enough life total or they have a planeswalker you want to kill or something. You know, because you can hit Robber of the Rich, Surtaw Goblin, or uh, Gruul Spellbreaker. Spellbreaker yeah. I also just want to say I love Rada, and I love that that's in this list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rada is nice. There's a one of a Rada uh, Heart of Keld. Yeah. Um, which is just a great card. It's um, not something you need to play. It's just a card I really like, and I'm always surprised too. that nobody plays it. So. I know. It's just like... I, I love being able to play lands off the top of my library and mm-hmm. just get those onto the battlefield without yeah, having to it's draw it's card them. advantage in a red-green beatdown Exactly. Deck. That's crazy. And then late game, uh, Rada pumps really big. So Yeah, and then for some reason it has this extra text that is so, just a 12-12 in the just late for, game. It's just for commander, essentially. Yeah. Um, make it a viable commander. That's what a lot of like legendary creatures have now, um, yeah. which I'm fine with. You know, Giving creatures more abilities, sure, go for it. Yeah. So if you want to play this archetype, the cards you really can't cut, I would say uh, Burning Tree Emissary, mm-hmm. Ember Cleave, and Collected Company, and Bone Crusher Giant. And Bone Crusher Giant, yeah. for sure. Um, and I, you know, you probably, Kazandu Mammoth, you just Yeah, I don't understand any, you would have to have a really good reason for not playing not Kazandu playing Mammoth. In just like green decks or... Like, I understand the tap land aspect of it. Sucks, mm-hmm. right? We're playing... Looks like we're playing 26 lands in this version, which is mm-hmm. the awesome thing about this card is normally a Gruul aggro deck would not get to play 26 land exactly. and have 31 collected company targets. Um, but because we do because mammoth. of Kazandu Mammoth Axis yeah. Boat. Which is... So yeah, tap lands suck, but the only turn one play we have is Land of War Elves. Uh, so anyway, uh, check out the deck. Tell us what you would like to change about it or, or what you would find that you'd we'd rather play or... Or give if you it, like give it. Give it a try. I've never actually played this deck, but I've played against it it's a lot. It's pretty good. I like it. And it's similar to the previous deck where you just have to respect their ability to kill you out of nowhere mm-hmm. because of Embercleave. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've lost a lot of games to this deck. So. Yeah. I uh, I had a lot of fun playing it. Um, and yeah, I definitely think it's it's worth worth uh, crafting. Well, if you have the, the cards, throw it together. If this is your play style and this is, yeah. yeah. This is a t- viable deck in Historic. I wouldn't say it's tier one, but... It's, it's definitely not probably tier, one. tier two. Um, yeah, but it, I could see it creeping up into tier two. It's it's mm-hmm. definitely super fun and um, just goes hard and goes fast. So um, if that's your play style, go for it. That is a lot of gruel stuff. Um, kind of the, all the cards are. That's a grueling segment. It's very grueling and long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so long that I don't have a beer anymore. Me neither. Yeah, so I think we need to go to a beer break. So Zach, uh, what, what what beer you got there? Which uh, I have the um, the no name beer. There's no name. Yeah, try try a Wellion. Yeah, it's just um, Wellington Brewery Russian Imperial Stout. I, I I picked the Russian Imperial Stout. Almost just spilled all over your table right there. Oh, um, a disaster. Yeah. No, I. Uh, this is just wasted stout. I don't care about. Yeah. yeah. We have a lot of electronics <laughs> around the stuff, but I'm thinking like doesn't eh. matter. Yeah. Uh, but the beer. Yeah. No, this, uh, you brought a good beer. I didn't know we were bringing good beers. I was bringing a fun beer with a nice name. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we should talk about them because um, so we drink we, them. So, so I also chose the Russian Imperial Stout. Yeah, so uh, the Stout wins the round. It's, I mean, it's yes. hard because we both love Stout so much. Yeah. So, like, what are you going to do? You bring a Stout, like, I'm going to probably pick it. So. Yeah, that was my thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Um, so what do we want to rate first? The, the one we did pick or the one we didn't pick? Let's let's do the one we did pick. Right. Because um, I have access to it right I'm now. I'm tasting it. It's in my mouth. Um, and I like it. Mm-hmm. Really nutty. It's not too thick. Um, some of those like feel rich, you know, not not rich it, like it a dessert. It has a bit of that richness, mm-hmm. but it's not overkill on it. Yeah. Know? It doesn't I, taste like a dessert, exactly. I can do two of these back to back, probably three or four. Yeah. Um, and be like, yeah, I'm drinking some great beer. Yeah. Well, the 8% might, <laughs> I might have to take a well, minute. Well, actually, for the style, this is kind of low. That's true. Yeah, usually a lot of Imperial Russian stouts are like 12, yeah. you know, getting up into like wine numbers. It's almost like if it's less than that, you can't really call it a mm-hmm. Russian Imperial stout. You just can't call it Imperial anything. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's, uh, it's good. Wow, I feel like I've had this before and just never really sat and like tasted it and thought about it. Um, that's probably diamond. I was thinking the same. Um, yeah. I was torn between platinum and diamond. I think I was being overly harsh on it because this is my favorite style, and there are so many that I can think of that okay. I, I prefer. I do. But see when I that. think about it, all those beers that I prefer, they're my go-to's, mm-hmm. are definitely mythics. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anything that comes in a box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like a scotch, right? Scotch comes in the box. <laughs> but, but I think I, I was tempted to give this platinum just because, like, there there is kind of a, a sizable okay. gap it, between my favorite Russian cool. Imperial styles. Yeah, it is quite... It Okay. And our newish system here is that platinum is still really good. That's true. Um yeah, maybe it's not really the default. Okay, anymore, you so. might. <laughs> what do you always like? Change my mind about stuff. <laughs> okay, so I was thinking the old system, mm-hmm. um, and saying that it's an imperial imperial Russian stout really makes me feel like it's going to be one of those amazing beers. And I had one the other day, and I was like, I took a sip, and I had to be like, "What? Holy fuck! Like right. this is good." Yeah. And then. Um, Catherine, my fiance, had some, and she's like, "What is this? Yeah. It's so good." Yeah. And so I know um, the one you had is really good. Yeah. So this is good. It isn't that right, and um, it's a noticeable gap between. It's a very noticeable that. gap, so I can see the platinum. Mm. Uh, but I think you're totally right. Under the old system, this was an easy diamond. Yeah. Under the new system, I think it's tough call. It's on a that, tough call on that border, and I'll go platinum. Uh, but still, a great beer. I think it's a really good beer. Now I'm just debating whether I'd call those other ones mythic mm. to push this one so far down. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think you're right. You did it. You son of a gun. Got him. You got me. <laughs> so uh, we're going we're gonna to say this is platinum for the both of us. How about the uh, tree topper? Yeah. Uh, so can you just remind me of the scale again? Silver is like a, a craft beer. So bronze, bronze is uh, like barely drinkable. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This is a warm Keystone Light in the summer. I see. Uh, it's a beer that you crack open that had some weird words in it, and you can't finish it. Right. That's what I think. Silver's... Because we don't have we don't have anything. There are beers that are so low that they're horrible. Right. right. Uh, silver is like the macro brews. Silver is like it could be macro brews or just something that you're like, eh, about. I'll drink it. It's a okay. beer, you know. Yeah. I drink it. There's a football game. I'm or sorry. There's a Magic Championship. Yeah, yeah. football. <laughs> football. Hell? I don't know. Um, yeah. I'll drink it. It's there's fine. A league weekend. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. 
Uh, Gold is like, this is a nice beer, but it could be better. Okay. Um, and then we've done the other one. So, um, but I, I know me, what you're going to say. For me, Tree Topper is silver. It's a silver beer. It's our first silver beer. <laughs> yeah. um, I was going to say the same thing. Um, it definitely is is barely fine. It's like it's, it's, very forgettable. Yeah. It's fine. Drinkable. Um, I don't it, think I would seek it out. I would probably avoid it almost. Yeah. It, right. And again, I think. Like style even, has something to do with it. I'm a big fan of red ales. And yeah, exactly. And it just doesn't live up to it at all. What I have in my mind. Yeah. yeah. So, like I even if I'm going camping where I want as much beer as possible, I'd probably just you know whatever's cheaper than that. Like it's right, it's more right. expensive than than buying like Bud, and I just like get Bud. Yeah. Or Moosehead or something like. I'm I'm gonna go straight to those first. So it's like low pl- silver. <laughs> it's not that yeah, it was it's bad. It's definitely not bronze. Like it's, it's not, not bronze. that I didn't enjoy drinking it. Yes. Right. And, and bronze actively f- don't want another one. Exactly. But. That's how I feel about bronze. Um, I think it's like actively bad, but I definitely don't think that that was um, something worth uh, bringing. To the podcast. Right. <laughs> so I guess silver is um, that territory where you know if it's there in your fridge, mm-hmm. you'll drink it, but you're not gonna like buy it. You're not going to buy it unless you're just trying to play beer pong or something. Yeah, but even then, this one, you know, it's not the best (laughs) choice for that (laughs) because of the price. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'd definitely just buy some something else. So yeah, it just kind of is in a weird. um, It's a new brewery, you know. Yeah, it's a new Ontario brewery. Yeah, so and it, just it's not to... really a reflection of the brewery necessarily. We just don't like this. Particular we just don't like recipe. your beer. <laughs> we don't like this one. <laughs> I haven't tried anything else by the way. We're still gonna tag you in our Instagram post. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, you can reach us at Arena Regulars on Twitter and Instagram, or look for us on Arena under the username Arena Regulars Podcast. Yes. Also, it would be so fantastic if you like the show. Please review us on Apple Podcasts and preferably very drunk. Yes. <laughs> Be very drunk when you do it. Yeah. Um, and hopefully it's a good review. If you don't like the show, don't review us. <laughs> Please just delete us and just never talk to us again. You know, or give us some feedback on our Twitter That's and Instagram. That's true. Yeah, okay. We, we would actually like to hear we that. We do but... like constructive <laughs> criticism. Right. Um, um, and you know what? We're speaking to you, yeah. one listener. Uh, yeah, all of this was actually just to you, mm-hmm. one listener. We are still waiting for you to follow us on Instagram. <laughs> uh, but with that, have a good night. All right, that's fine. <laughs>